There we go. Good afternoon, everyone. Hopefully you're well. Let me scoop back a little bit here. How are you guys? Um, hope you're staying safe wherever you are around the world. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining me on this Instagram moment every Tuesday noon Pacific. We have a lot of fun with my friends and family here. Hello, Patron Motorsports. Good afternoon. Garage Moreno, greetings. Mr. Blanco One. Hello, Note Moro. Greetings as well. Ernie McFly, hello. And for those of you listening on the podcast networks, thank you so much for joining me. Whether you're just at home, staying safe, using the restroom, working out in your garage, wherever the case may be. Good afternoon, R35R13. Hello, Mr. Cabrio, good seeing you. P.S. from Brazil, good seeing you indeed. Josh Wonderbread, hello. It's Milo Fu, hello. Rob Staff, how are you, sir? Hope all is well. Trinidad in the house, courtesy of JustCirc23. Platinum Car Group, you know, you've been doing some great posting out there. Thank you so much. JDM Honda from Netherlands, good seeing you. Sam, I was just thinking about you this morning. Hopefully you are well. Max Nuts, courtesy of London, UK, good seeing you. Rob Staff, Canada bound, good seeing you, Rob. Uh, Gary G. Agree, 10th, good seeing you, Rob Staff. Thumb up to you. China, I met GT3, and they were Hopefully all is well. P.S. Marino, thank you as well. Wow, so much UK love. Appreciate that. And Robbie from Salinas, California, up north. Good seeing you. Busy some donuts in that 935? Yes, so it's right there. As a matter of fact, it's balancing. And what do I mean by that? So I have this pretty clever battery management system, which I validated with this. This is an Orion tap validation tool. And I installed a battery management system, a new one that monitors every cell. So I have 96 cells in the rear of that car and 96 cells in the front. And what it does, it makes sure that each voltage is exactly the same within 0.01 volts to give me a lot more life, longevity, and I would say performance out of the vehicle. So right now it's sitting quietly, plugged into a charger, and it's balancing. It's been balancing for about three hours now. I may need another day or so, and then it'll be good to go. Hi from England, says Cook Congo. Carry on with the amazing content. Thank you so much, and more to come. And speaking of content, I'm starting to do a lot more on my YouTube page, so if you don't follow the Beast Motor YouTube yet, please go on to YouTube after you're done. Subscribe and hit that notification bell so whenever I put something up that's cool, you have an opportunity to get alerted. JJ Smith from South Africa. Good seeing you indeed, brother. Belgium in the house, courtesy of BP1977. So much love from around the world. That is so great. Kevin Moore Like It Out says, Hey, Beast, I have a question. I don't know if I'm allowed to be asking, how do you make your money to afford everything you do? Oh, that's a great question. That's not a bad question at all. I work really hard. So one thing we have here at BC Moto is that we have a lot of accounts on the OEM side and the privateer side. So what does that mean? On the OEMs, you see those cars I build like the Veloster or the crazy 1,000 horsepower minivan or the 900 horsepower Mustang? We build cars for OEMs. So those cars you see at a lot of auto shows and at SEMA and all that good stuff, we get compensated to build those cars with OEMs. On the back side as well, the OEMs tend to buy some technology from us. So we do a lot of testing for analysis, creation, and also manufacture on a prototype basis, and then the manufacturers buy that from us. Now, on the other side, on the privateer side, we build cars like that for clients. So that is a proof of concept, that 935. We build cars like that, we put it out there, and people come and say, hey, I want to buy a car like that. And then we make that happen. Then on the third front, we have manufacturers who come to us and compensate us 
to test, evaluate, and promote their products. So I hope that helps. There's a lot of work. I have a very efficient team here. I have some individuals who help me that are outside the team, like Sam, who's here earlier, great guy. And that's how we do it. And I don't throw away money. I, in other words, I don't buy things I really don't need. I'm not privileged with my resources. I don't throw away money. So that being said, I tend to reinvest what I make. I don't even pay myself here. I invest my resources into the company to try and get it to grow. You know? So I hope that helps. What is the next car you're going to build next? Huh? There is, I'm going to do another 935. And that's all I can say. It's going to be very exciting because I'm on the fence on what I'm going to do technology-wise, but it'll be very, very exciting. And it's a 935 known as the M16. So it's a little bit different from the Crema. It's an M16 AR, and it's pretty nice. So that's my next project. I just bought my first car. It's a 99 SC300. What should be my first mod? Exhaust. First one. And why are you doing exhaust? Whatever rubbish oil you have in there, get rid of it and go with some Purell, because that's another performance adder as well, and you will benefit tremendously. Hello, KJ. Marky Marks, OEMs buy tech from you? That's pretty cool. Yes, they do. Thanks very much. As a matter of fact, there is a very popular Korean twin-turbo car that is really, really hot right now, and the genesis of that engine came from this facility. As a matter of fact, from us, but when we were still at the old facility. So yes, we do quite a bit. Can you rev the electric Porsche? You hear right now, it's revving right now. It's actually two-stepping. Um, if I rev the EV Porsche, all you see is the throttle position moving, <laughs> like the little thing on my dash moving. That's all you see. Um, what inspired you to get into building cars when they're just collecting or attending shows? Big, big fan of what you do, says Rob Boy. Well, I've always loved cars since I was a child. And my first word was car. My second word was light. How weird I'm doing electric stuff now, right? But um, when I came to the United States, I came to study chemical engineering to go back and help my parents with their cosmetics factory. And I just got into street racing, which I do not recommend, but I ended up going professional or semi-pro with my racing, with drag racing quite a bit. Got picked up by American Honda, some other OEMs took notice, which is really great. And then I just derived a lot of pleasure from figuring things out and creating. So that being said, what got me into building cars is my, my need to create and figure things out I love so much. Um, even this I've been working on for the past couple of weeks and just trying to create more things and do some more exciting stuff. And I even ordered some more parts from some of my partners. And it's, it's, a great, it's a great thing. So that's how I got into it. Hello, 370. Next car is an all-motor Genesis Coupe. I already did the Genesis Coupe BK Menace. Um, Hyundai doesn't want me promoting the BK anymore because they don't manufacture anymore. So if you remember, the most powerful BK that ever existed we built. So we got to 1078, and it's a 1078 Genesis. If you want to see a run, go on my YouTube channel. You'll see me doing a half-mile run with it, and that thing was scary. As a matter of fact, I think Rob, I Sam, do you remember Rob, um, the police officer, <laughs> Rob Bowden? So Rob Bowden went with me to Arizona to test it. He drove it, and he first pass was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. I think he did 165, and then he finally got to 176. It was pretty cool. So um, I've already done that, so I won't be building another BK, because we already did that, and the manufacturer doesn't want us promoting it. Hello, Sherwood Caden. Good seeing you. Want to get that GE... G, oh, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Have you ever had any plans with diesel or rotary cars? So Josh, rotary, yes, because we're starting to talk to Mazda, and we may have a relationship that may go on there. On the diesel part, no. Diesels are a little bit dirty, and what got me into this EV life is the fact of um, I felt really guilty when I built cars like that came in right there next to it, and I just wasn't happy with the exhaust fumes. 
So my take on it was to go to E85, and that was a much cleaner fuel, and I love E85. As a matter of fact, I just finished playing around with this, and forgive me on YouTube. Oh, you can probably see the edge of it on YouTube, but I just finished tuning that right there, so it's still on the dyno. Um, did some experimentation as well on, on, on E85, and I just loved that, and it was the closest thing to me getting a fuel that was cleaner. Diesels, I don't like the particulates that occur with combustion, so I will not be able to do that anytime soon, or at all. But if I'm going to play with another fuel, you'll most likely see me do something with hydrogen than with that, you know? How many parts are missing in an electric car versus internal combustion engine cars? Do tuning be the same from now on? How many parts are missing? That's kind of a weird question, but I think I know where you're going, B. Liviu. Now, put it this way. There are very few mechanical parts that exist compared to internal combustion engines. So what that means is less components to turn, less components that can fail. So it's pretty straightforward. But on the tuning aspect, the window opens up very nicely. Yes, you can play around with timing in such a way where you can play around with current or play around with the motor output. You can play around with fail safe, which is very important. I'm learning that very quickly. You have the opportunity to play around with the power delivery. So you can make it mimic an internal combustion engine with low torque, peak torque, and falling off. You have the opportunity to play with you know, how the torque is being realized to the wheels. You can play around with traction control. If you have um, individual motors per half axle or per, you, you, can, you can vector. There's so many things you can do in terms of tuning. Um, so it's a whole new window and a whole new learning curve for tuners out there that embrace it. And if you're a tuner, I would highly encourage you to do what I'm doing, which is embracing the future because this is what's going to be happening, whether we like it or not. I love the sleeper minivan ever since fastest car, said Ben Groovy. Good seeing you indeed. Thank you so much, Ben, for the kind words. Joe's 215 says, I love my work. Thank you so much. Appreciate the kind word. What tuning could you do to a take on? Quite a bit. So once again, the manufacturers, just like you have with any internal combustion engine, they tend to err on the side of caution and make things extremely conservative, which is good. Knowing what Tesla and what Porsche are both doing with their cars, as you can see, they have a little bit opportunities to improve performance, and that's through a flash tune. You have the capability of changing the dynamics of the Taycan or of a Tesla. They just released recently an over-the-air update with a cheetah mode for the Teslas, and look what happened. The Model S performance existed for a long time and now has a little bit more power just by communicating over the air and doing a flash. So there's future in flashing electric cars to get more power. Right now, you can actually get a, um, uh, a Nissan Leaf and do some modifications to the software right now and get a lot more power, sometimes at the expense of the battery longevity. But you can do that, you know? Have you ever thought of doing Pikes Peak, says DK to EV? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact, this van has been to Pikes Peak, so it's on top gear, and then this EV, I saw what the VW IDR did, and I am absolutely blown away with that. So that being said, since elevation doesn't affect EVs, meaning the performance you see at sea level or under sea level, you can see at elevation, which is amazing, right? So you don't have to worry about oxygen being depleted and hurting your power, so on and so forth. So yes, don't be surprised if we make an announcement and we take that thing out there or something very similar, you know? Do you feel, do you, Kay told me, that, do you feel to jump in your business, did you have to torture yourself? I don't understand by Zoom, you mean was it challenging for me to get into my business? Um, it was, especially during the time that I decided to open my own business. So 
I did extremely well making six figures at the time, and I was in my 20s, um, in pharmaceuticals. And I started a research sector, and went into the sales, and did extremely well there. In 2006, I decided to follow my passion and get into things automotive. Uh, my girlfriend then, now my wife, pushed me, because she comes from an enterprising family, to start my own business because I had so much passion with it. Not that I didn't have passion in, in pharmaceuticals, but I really loved racing. And I said, hey, maybe take a risk. So um, I saved up quite a bit. I'm very good at saving. Liquidated pretty much a lot of my assets that I had and put out some of my stocks. And I had enough money to last me for two years in austerity. Not that I was splurging. If I just took my time, I mined, mined my pennies for two years and I started my own business. So I went from a six-figure income to zero after putting my two weeks notice in, company car taken away, and I had my, you know that wagon, the first wagon I built? That was my daily. It was a stock 88 white wagon van with a blown head gasket, and I was driving that no AC as my car, and it was very difficult. My, I went from this beautiful office opportunity to a 700 square foot facility in Pomona with no desk, no table. My dyno table that it was shipped in was my desk. So it was a lot of hard work, and mind you, this is 2006, and boom, we had a re recession. So I started my business in a recession. But despite that, because of what I offered, I was able to grow very nicely and fast forward to today. So the weird thing about having my own business is I was used to, for many years, having a steady paycheck with nice bonus structure. In this business, if you don't work, you don't eat. There are a lot of ups and downs. And look at what's happening now with COVID. It's pretty interesting. And who knows where it can go? But um, we're still plugging along. And it, it is very enjoyable. As a matter of fact, um, I've acquired more and done a lot more with assets having my business than I did working for someone else. What's the best car I've ever driven? That. It's <laughs> so much fun. It really is. Sean Lee, good morning, sir. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for joining me, brother, neighbor. Good seeing you. Have you ever thought of using electric turbo? Yes, I have, Peter Pattis. I think we talked about that last week. Good evening, IS300J. Good seeing you as well. Kevin Moore, like it, Kev out. I think you just missed out. You asked me how to tune an electric car. Um, there are quite a bit of things you can tune. So you asked about putting a bigger battery. It's not that simple. You could increase the performance of your setup by using the same voltage output, but increasing the amount of battery packs and putting them in parallel. So for example, that's a 400 volt system I have in that. Now, if I had, let's say, only one of the battery packs in there, I would hover around maximum output of 800 amps, right? But by adding two battery packs, I now have the capability of 1,600 amps. And above and beyond that, my range now increases. Even though my voltage is still the same, the performance output is increased. If I want to increase that even further, I put a third battery pack in parallel, which is pretty interesting. But it gets pretty expensive at that point. But yes, you can add components in terms of batteries to be able to improve the performance of your setup. You can also do very clever things with your controller to make that happen as well. TNX in the house, courtesy of Was2NT. Good seeing you as well. Where about in Africa are you from? Brother says Bushanda Gata. I'm Nigerian, so from West Africa indeed. That's where I'm from originally. Hello, Zach Falcon Lover. Good seeing you. John Paul, greetings. How are you? Josh Wonderbread is asking, would I do an all wheel drive EV? Josh, are you a spy? <laughs> I, that's my goal. My next EV project most likely would be an all-wheel drive application because this thing is fun, but you should see all the rubber I have outside here. It's, it's not very good. I need to, um, I need better adhesion. <laughs> How much does it cost for an electric engine as you have in your Porsche? It's very expensive, salt and pepper jewels. So 
it depends on the amount of performance you want. So I'll, I'll tell you how crazy it is. You can actually have a range. You can go with something very, very simple with a single small motor with adapter plate, bolted to a gearbox. You can do a full kit, like 100% if you do a lot of work yourself for about a little bit over $20,000, okay? Something of this nature will cost you easily 60, of that nature, 60 grand. And that doesn't include installation, just in components alone. So it's, it's, it's not cheap, but it's not super expensive because if you think about it, a 600 horsepower air-cooled Porsche engine of that caliber will cost a lot more than that. Um, the twin-turbo water-cooled engine in my blue 911 is close to $90,000 for that engine. And that includes the engine, the gearbox, the components, the sleeving, the building, the headwork, the valve train, the ECU, the wiring, all that stuff adds up. So it's, this is a lot more cost-effective than a similar power output petrol engine done well. What's your opinion on the three-wheel Morgan with electric engine? I think it's awesome, V. I think it's fantastic, you know? Your two-wheel Porsche or the EV Porsche, if you have to pick one, I would, I would tell you one thing. I would totally pick the EV one. I have not enjoyed my blue Porsche. Even this morning when I moved it over here to the lift, I didn't even want to drive it. This car, despite not having a loud petrol sound, has completely spoiled me because I'm a speed freak. I love going fast, you know? And that being said, it's just, it's... It's intoxicating. I, I, I get a lot of... I've heard people give me a death threat. I had someone call me a murderer for doing this to this car. I've had all these things. And net-net, like many of you, I like to go fast. I love speed, right? And whether it takes a kerosene engine, an electric motor, a jet propulsion engine to get me there, I would do it, especially if it's something that's clean. And the fact that I cannot drive a newer model vehicle in California that's modified around the street, but that is 50 state legal? Come on, I mean, really. The engine is much more cost effective than a petrol one. It's much cleaner, it's legal. What, honestly, what, what, it's, it's just amazing, you know? Tochuku Simon is asking, any advice for a young Nigerian car enthusiast trying to build up a dedicated automobile channel? Yes, content. Do, I don't care if you go around local hotels and talk to owners of high-end cars. Do whatever you can to put out content and your channel will grow. How's the blue K-Series wagon doing? It's chilling right there. I was actually playing with it earlier today. And with the COVID thing, I'm not catching up with a lot of things. Maybe it's time for me to put it back on a dyno and have some more fun with it. So I do have to play around with that. Came in first. Um, I do want to check some things on the power plant. And then the blue one, I kind of want to do some cosmetic stuff to it, so I'm going to take that apart. Then I'm going to get to the wagon. So I have two cars, of my own cars, not counting client cars coming in, that I have to take care of, you know? Lovely ground-up stories. Blessings to you, brother, says Dr. 33. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate the kind words. So much great stuff. What's going on, says Chef Mill. Very proud of you. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate that indeed. How was your collab with DDE? Did you get scared when he did donuts? Paco Diaz, yes. So my cars, I guess because I'm a drag racer, right? Are really, you can see elements in every car, even this one of drag racing heritage. So I'm a straight line guy. Um, I can do some canyon carving, but I've never ever had anyone do any donuts on any of my Porsches. And it took a lot of, um, how should I say, trust for me to do that with Damon. And it was cool. It was pretty fun to see my car do that. I never knew my car could even do that. So, um, yeah, it, it was scary, but it was a great collab. I like those guys, and you can expect to see more from us because it was well-received on both my fans and their fans as well, you know? 
I think you should send me a USB Simoto seat so I can start building a race sim. I think Zach to the last one. <laughs> I don't think I have any more left. <laughs> Could you tune a 9200ZX NA or do you not do OBD1 anymore? MG'd up. Um, all of the 300ZXs that come here have a standalone. Even the one that Duran has that we're going to talk about soon, it's going to have infinity. So I don't flash factory ECUs. Um, not for disease at all, you know? Have you thought of implementing a sound into your e-Porsche? So Goldilocks, um, I have, um, especially since California is now mandating that at low speeds you have to have a, some sound emanate because it's too quiet and reversing as well. I like kind of what the Lexus sound did. It does have its own natural sound at speed, which is pretty nice and intoxicating indeed. But honestly, um, it's something I'm talking to Harmon about that may, may happen. So yes, answer is yes. I have thought about it and I may, I may do it. Leviticus is asking, BC, what's up? What's your final thought on the Hyundai N-Line? I understand the department is led by former BMW engineer. Yes, engineer Beerman, Dr. Beerman, he was the head of the M division for BMW. And then he was able to defect over to Hyundai. I think they grabbed him. I don't know what they offered this guy to have him leave BMW to come to Hyundai. But it, in the Velocia N, which I have a white one right over there, it is very BMW-like. The backfire, or say the crackle and pop and, and, and over rev stuff that happens, the feel of the steering wheel, the sound, how it starts. It's really very, a lot of BMW DNA in it. So I think it's a very good win for Hyundai. It's made people respect more of a performance brand. And I think it was a good thing. And I look forward to what the doctor will have as they continue to expand their end line. I like it a lot, you know? What type of computers do EV cars use? What did you use? So Josh Wonderbread, um, in the very few weeks or months, I should say, AEM will have a commercially available controller for all EV cars. And that gives you an opportunity to be able to tune and put some fail safes that I find extremely appealing. In the case of this, when we started off, I had a bespoke controller, a very popular gentleman by the name of Jason um, Hughes. He actually helped with this and created the protocol and a CAN protocol for, or coding, I should say, for the controller. So that being said, that's what I have in this. Um, I incorporated a race pack PDM to do a lot of the controls as well. And then I wrote a ton of can. And in terms of battery management, I'm using an Orion BMS2, which is extremely clever. And they all communicate with each other via can. So through can 2, I have the AM dash communicating. I have it communicating with my controller and I'm communicating with the BMS. And I have both, I have two BMSs, one in front and one in the rear, which is pretty nice, you know? What's the insurance like for it? Um, very similar to you would with petrol car. It's no difference whatsoever. And I use Haggerty for my insurance. Finland is the best world. I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> Peter Patis is asking, is 935 a true 935 or is a Carrera-based 935 treatment like Magnus's? Um, I don't know what exactly Magnus has, but this is a combination of the two questions you have. So the underlying chassis is 85911. 84, sorry, 911. But the molds on this are original molds pulled from the Kremer. So that being said, it's the original molds. If you crashed your proper Kremer K3, the molds that were used for this are the same molds that be pulled to repair your car. So it's a combination of the two, you know? The electric Porsche, though, says Mr. Pepe. Thank you, sir. Any 10 gen civil platform plans? No, we did a lot of, uh, it's so weird. I was talking to my intern about that today with Honda. So prior to the 10th gen coming out, I'm talking about years prior to it being available commercially, because American Honda is one of our accounts, we had the opportunity to see the car, get the car here, do a ton of, of um, feedback sessions with them, 
um, what do they call those? Uh, I would say, uh, uh, I'm trying to think where you bring a bunch of people in and they ask you questions about the call, would you like to see? Anyway, I'm drawing a blank on that concept and what it's called. Um, but nonetheless, um, uh, focus groups, there you go. So participate in a ton of focus groups, have the car here, um, even the Type R, saw it before anyone even, the first time it was unveiled in the United States by certain people underground in Long Beach in this nondescript location with high-end people from media and some people from industry. I saw that a year and a half before it even was launched. So that being said, um, yeah, I was able to explore that. But for me to build one myself, there are no plans right now. It depends on American Honda. If they approach us with, hey, we want you to do something with the 10th Gen Civic, we do it, but right now, I think they're focusing more on the CRV um, and also the new Pilot and maybe even the new Ridgeline. So uh, there are no plans to do anything with the Civic at this time. You know? How are you coping with the mad virus? Uh, pro race to resto, as you see, I'm here back here alone. It's pretty quiet. Um, it's really interesting because certain facets of our business have suffered tremendously. Some facets are still maintaining. But it's given me more time to create. So. The beautiful thing about this is as we come out of this pandemic, I'll have a ton of B-Simone parts available. So I'm constantly creating and testing and trying different things and catching up on some of the projects and things that I haven't done in a long time, which is me finding a great way to make wonderful things happen. Eh? You haven't even let me do that. Um, I missed your comment or what you're referring to, John. How are you, Big John? For those of you who don't know Juan Grande, um, Big John, he was my crew chief when I used to drag race quite a bit. Sabra, hello, sister. Oh, James is here as well. Um, Cecily, you said, can you? I don't know what you're... I'm missing so much. So many great comments and questions. Forgive me, please, you know? Do you have an engineer certification? Now, if you're asking for my PE, no, I'm not a PE. I studied chemical engineering. And in the, in the industries that I've dabbled in, I was not required to have a professional engineering certification. So if that's what you mean, no. But if you mean, do I have an engineering degree? I have quite a few of them. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering, master's in engineering management. I also have an associate of arts in an associate of science in pure and applied sciences as well. Would it be possible to make a regenerative brake pedal? Yes, that's totally programming. What I have now is, in this I have about 140 kilowatts of regen. And when you let off the throttle, it automatically does that. And the only time it reduces is based upon feedback via CAN through my Orion BMS. And when it sees that the state of charge is very high, it sends a signal to my controller not to initiate very high regen so you don't overcharge the battery. So I hope that helps, you know? Can you explain how the pulse chamber exhaust works on your Porsche? Yes, I can, sharp thing. It's very simple. I wish I had one here. But let's pretend I have one in my hand. I may have a prototype somewhere over there. You know what? Hang tight. That's a great question. Let me get a prototype. Hang tight. I think I have the one, one the earlier, it's kind of dirty, but I have an earlier model. Hang tight there. Okay, see this? This is one of my early, when I say early, this is probably the first, one of the first prototypes I've made years ago. And it has like a Burns stainless canister there. You see how dirty it is? Because we put this to the test. I actually drove around my car, like, I gave the Mac crook to beat up on it. And he's the owner of 1552. And even has my old logo. That's how old school this is, right? So here's how this works. 
You see how this pulse chamber tube gets closed off at the end? Now here's what happens. You know how you throw a pebble in water and the pebble has these waves that kind of just propagate away from the source? Well, air is a fluid too, just like the water in the lake. And this takes advantage of wave propagation. So the sound you hear comes into your eardrums and waves, which you hear me talking. So imagine a wave traveling down the exhaust and you have this sound, right? Well, this pole chamber, if you time it properly, the wave can travel down this track, hit the end and reflect. And then it reflects almost opposite of what's coming in. So here's what happens. At the right frequency, based upon this length, you can cancel out certain frequencies. And what happens as a result of canceling out those frequencies? The sound is reduced. And also, if you time this properly, you know how most Porsches have that weird drone about 3,000, 3,500, where you cruise, right? So most exhaust systems tend to drone really bad. This cancels that out. So at that weird question, you can actually have a conversation. So this has a nice deep tone to it that's very race inspired because I love race cars. But it's not obnoxious. And even if it's too loud for you, you can even put a sound arrestor in here that then doesn't take away the power, but does a great job at attenuating. And what this is cool about this whole chamber is, it's so lightweight, so you save double digits in weight savings, about 14 wheel horsepower, sometimes more depending on the health of the engine. And it's pretty freaking cool. So that being said, it looks really nice too. So that's, that's what it is. So I hope that helps. And I see a question, sharp thing, 19, very well. I'm gonna hand it there too. Okay. What tires do you run on most of your cars? Um, sharp thing, you have great questions. Toyo, so the van has R888s. Um, the Hot Wheels Porsche has R888s. That has Toyo RRs. See that wheel on the floor right there? That's R888Rs that came off the rear of the, <laughs> of the Hot Wheels Porsche. Yeah, so we ha that's where I typically run, you know? Which model of 911 do you consider modern classic as the last analog one? 997. I would say, which model of 911 do I consider modern classic as the last analog one? I would say, please don't kill me for this, and this is based on my experience, 964. It is the last of the Frog Eye Porsches. When you get it, it actually feels fairly modern, how the steering feels and the feedback is there. Above and beyond that, the AC actually works, the heater actually works, which you don't see on the G-bodies. I really, really like 964s, a lot. And there was a time that people hated them. There's time you can get 964 for seven grand. People didn't want them. But now people are starting to, to, to experience that, you know? Roger Michaels asked, what's the 935's top speed? Well, it's less than the petrol one, only because of my gearing. So I have a single speed gearing set up in that. The tire size is my limitation. If I want to tire, I can get more. But with this tire size and the gearing I currently have, it's 165 miles an hour is the top speed. To improve that, I have two options. Run a taller tire or, and or change the gear ratio inside the differential and go with a numerically lower gear. I think I have a 973 on that now. I can go lower and then it will give me a higher top speed. How far would you generally go with a stock Mali piston on an engine? It depends. Um, the one thing that would kill a Mali factory piston is knock, okay? So what I've done, which is exciting, um, even the Mattel part here is a blueprinted factory components, blueprinted 2.5 liter boxer engine. And we just did 455 to the wheels. And this car put out stock to the wheels 148. <laughs> so we more than 
doubled, almost tripled the power output on that, right? So, um, knock is the enemy of performance. Um, whenever I improve power significantly, I do tend to go with like Tron piston, full forged ones, and have a good time. Ever thought of doing any more exhaust other than the pulse chamber? No, I have not MG'd up, only because the pulse chamber technology is something that I like and it's ideal. So it, it's not baffled, so it doesn't hurt your power. Since it's post-cat, it doesn't hurt emissions. Since it has a pulse chamber that allows for taking away drone and killing certain unwanted frequencies, I, I, have, I see no reason to design something differently from that. I, I really don't see a design a reason for that, you know? I've always actually been thinking about how cool electric integrated magnetic would be all-wheel drive. What do you think? Romo Doom? That would be so awesome. You're talking about a DA all-wheel drive. That would be so dope. A lot of fab work, but it can be done, you know? Left and drive sucks. Says chemical engineering is a hard major. Respect. Thank you so much. It is challenging, but it was very enjoyable indeed. It really did. And really gave me a lot of what I'm doing today, you know? Do you make your own body kit parts for your cars? No, I do not. I have a very good friend, Randy, who does all my body work. Um, that's the one, one of the few things I don't do here in house is paint and body. So that being said, no. But concepts I can bring to life through his expertise. So he's a great guy. He has a company called DreamWorks. Very nice guy, you know? Engineering Rai. Every time I hear your story, it makes me want to work hard and, and to be happy to engineer you are. Thank you, Engineering Rai. You're very kind. But it's a lot of work. Um, it's so weird. I was just telling my intern the other day when I was working on my cars. It's like, People say how lucky you are, BC, you have all these cool cars and so on and so forth, but they have no idea. I think it was also Fabian I was studying as well. They have no idea what I go through, how I cut myself, how much work it is, how I'm here alone at night, how I'm away from my family, working hard, um, dealing with people who try to, to hurt my projects, dealing with people who try to um, push me, put me down and so on and so forth, and dealing with naysayers. It's just, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of things are not so glamorous, but still I have to push forward to make things happen, you know? So it's like a Helmholtz resonator. Absolutely, Samster. It takes advantage of Helmholtz. Now, the one reason why I didn't say the word Helmholtz, Samster, is because here is where my stance is on what I'm doing here with all of you. A lot of my peer engineers derive pleasure from speaking over the audience by trying to look intelligent by using big words and concepts that the layman doesn't understand. It's my goal in life to make engineering fun and to break it down for all of you to understand. Enough for not for fellow engineers to be insulted, but enough for the guys who just want to understand what's going on to understand it. That's why even when I talk about the pulse chamber, I use an analogy of putting a pebble in a lake. Engineering doesn't have to be convoluted. And shame on my peer engineers, shame on them for trying to make engineering look more difficult than it is. It really isn't. Even with electricity, um, so many people try to make this, this whole concept that is so convoluted and black magic. I think of electricity in terms of analogies as water flowing in a pipe. You think about it that way, then it makes sense with voltage and, 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 and current and, and resistance. Just think about it as water flowing through a pipe. And that can help you think about how to size your wiring. Before you don't want to go from a small pipe to a big pipe, that doesn't make sense. If you're going for a long distance, you don't want to use a really tiny pipe to go for a long distance. It's all the same thing. I run two aught from the front to the rear of the engine, of the front to the rear of the car. I wouldn't want to run one aught there or two gauge, or 15 gauge, right? So I hope that makes sense, you know? I wish electric motors and batteries were cheaper so I can take the entire engine out of my car and fit an electric motor. Kraken's home is always like that with new technology. As time progresses, it'll get more and more cost effective. 
Um, so just hang in there. there. Like I said, there are other options out there. Um, right now, DC motors are pretty cost effective, but AC is the place to be. AC motors are just it's awesome. They're brushless, they have more torque, it's just safer as far as I'm concerned. I like them a lot, you know? Benzai saying, have you ever been pulled over in the 1985 by law enforcement just so they can check it out? Absolutely, that's the one thing that's great about this. They're like, hey, what is that? My father, I've been pulled over my blue Porsche, which is crazy with turbos hanging out, right? And uh, <laughs> I've been pulled over with that for them being admired as well, so yeah. But when I have my CRX, man, I got pulled over and got tickets every week, every, at least every other week. Crazy, huh? So I, I, I build and drive high-end cars I don't get messed with, but I have a low-end sport compact and I constantly pull over. It's <laughs> pretty crazy, you know? Uh, thank you so much, Woodward, saying that I, I was very excited when I talked about racing. Stugard, good seeing you. Thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate that indeed. What brand turbos do you run? Says Brent Fowler. Well, I run Turbonetics Turbos. Um, they're also partners with uh, Precision, so my van has Precision. The Hot Wheels Porsche has um, Turbonetics. The Cayman right back there has Turbonetics. The Blue Porsche has Turbonetics. What else is here boosted? Uh, oh, even my Velocia M has a hybrid, like kind of a modified Turbonex Turbo. Um, the Wagger Van has a Turbonex, so yeah, I run Turbonex quite a bit. How much would you charge to make an, a 350Z electric? It depends, Carter, on what you want to do. Do you want a low horsepower setup? Do you want a crazy high horsepower setup? If, how important is range to you? Carter, if you're very interested, give us a call here, 888-922-6686. 888-922-6686. And we can walk you through some of the options and you can make a decision. The most expensive component in a build of this nature is the batteries. So if you're willing to do something that, if you're on a bit of a budget and you're willing to do something a little bit more stepwise, you can get away with something, let's say a 16 kilowatt hour setup, and that'll give you a range of about you know, 40 to 50 miles depending on how you drive. And then later on, you can add on as your budget becomes a little bit more appealing, right? And that saves you quite a bit of money. I can tell you one thing, batteries in this, the batteries that are in here is about $12,000 just in batteries in that. So it's a pretty penny, isn't it? Just in batteries, not including battery management, not including controller, not including wiring, not including contactors, not including anything else, just in batteries alone. Not including axles, I mean, you name it, you know? J. Ken, I am doing great. Thank you so much for the kind words. Appreciate that. Audi A, Jorian Jordan says, Supercharger LX1 2004 Chevy Apache for my first project car. Of course the LX1, because there's so much aftermarket support with that, by all means. Great companies always. We love your engineering explains, like the one from the exhaust. Cheers from Switzerland. Thanks so much, Peter Patis. I appreciate that indeed. Bolivian, Barber, hi from Puerto Rico. What, PR and house? You guys are hardcore Puerto Rico. I love you guys, you know? Send over that info for the Genesis when you get a chance. BK2 Menace. Um, DM me and I'll send you the link of my YouTube page. But if, literally, if you go to BC Model YouTube page and in the little icon for search, you put in Genesis, <laughs> my videos will come up. You can't miss it. The one thing that would probably shock you is how loud my fuel pump was. That's the most loud. It was like, ah, because I had a big magnet fuel pump with E85 and I had to do that to make the power, right? So, and the pump was like chassis mounted and it was, it was loud. <laughs> It was loud, you know? Can reply DM after show, after now, says Miggy Jackie. I get, you know what's crazy? I get hundreds of DMs a day. Forgive me, you know? Can a post chamber be used on a Honda setup? Yes, DJ. Um, post chambers, I thought my first post chamber was in a GK5 fit. 
So it doesn't matter as long as it's internal combustion. Um, it could be used on a two-stroke or four-stroke. It, it, it's as long as it has an exhaust system where pulses exist, it can be done. Absolutely. Is there a significance why you chose the 42 for 935? Yes, I'm There are two reasons for that. Um, one is there actually was a Gozi Porsche, Gozi Porsche, which is a Japanese team, which is great for me because my company is BC Moto. It's not very Japanese. My first vehicle is Japanese, so there's kind of a that time there. Had a 42, but believe it or not, one of my most favorite movies in the world is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And if you know what movie that is, you know the significance of number 42. As a matter of fact, I do have my own ludicrous mode in this, which there's a switch on my dash that you initiate it with. And when you do that, it says <laughs> improbability mode. So for those of you who are Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you'll know what that means. <laughs> so it's, it's and, and that mode just, it eliminates any limitations whatsoever, except for thermal ones, but any safety limitations are off. So it allows you to have full power and go bananas with things. And I tested it um, on Saturday, almost crashed. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Anyway, so it was a lot of fun. I want more power for my E39 M5. Would you recommend supercharging for the street? Absolutely, <laughs> I would. So many great questions here. I'm missing so much. Oh my God. Thank you for your support about how difficult the police can be. Very brutal. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that, you know. 9972 says, my buddy has the first service in the U.S. Right-hand drive, 85. That's nice. Must be a very nice looker indeed, you know. From Chile, Mad Bila. Mad love for the Civic Wagon Dream Car. Thank you so much. How do you cool the EV batteries? Tyler, that's a great question. So I'm taking a very piecewise approach now, or, or I say stepwise approach to that. What I have done recently, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, I have placed in temperature sensors around, or thermistors around the battery packs in the front and rear. So right now I'm using conduction. So I have inside these battery boxes these very clever plates made of, of, of copper that transfers heat and can also absorb heat as well, get my batteries even warmer, to the surrounding aluminum boxes, okay? My first step as I monitor those battery temps, if it's not enough, is to air cool. And I love the simplicity of air cooling. My BMS has the capability of controlling fans and pulse weighting those fans, so it allows me the opportunity to do some really clever things in terms of fan speed. If that is not enough, and I hope it is, if it's not enough, it's so weird, I can actually create a, an inlet and exhaust and we put your hand on exhaust, it actually be hot, right? Crazy, right? If that doesn't work, I'll have to go to liquid cooling. And that's the ultimate. And if that somehow is still marginal for the type of driving and tracking I'm doing, it'll be more expensive and not more complex, but I'll go to a refrigerant setup. So I have everything set up in such a way, I have these bolt structures set up already in chassis that allows me to adapt these different engineering concepts. And it should be pretty exciting, you know? Do you think helicoils would be great for long-term use? Ernie to McFly, it depends where. If you're talking about helicoils in the Block? I don't like that. If you're going to have a helicoids in the head just to hold a rocker assembly, then yes. But for a high horsepower application where you need some good head clamping, um, if I get to a point where I have to helicoid my block, I kind of pretty much just junk it and get something else. You know, replace it. H44 from Finland, good seeing you as well. Thank you so much for the love. I appreciate that, you know. 
Have you ever purchased back a customer's car you built? If so, which car and why? No, I have not. Um, the closest thing I've done is house the first um, Honda car that we built, which is the 533 horsepower CRZ. Um, my bank manager bought it from me, and then he is now traveling around the world. He's in intelligence, and he brought it back here for us to curate. And you know, I don't think he'd be opposed to sell it if someone is interested in it. So um, no, I have not. I've not had the opportunity to buy it back yet. You know. One granny said Genesis was fun to build and fun to drive. Amen, brother. You're absolutely correct. You know. Thank you so much, Motodromo. Um, is there a formula for finding the right size pulse chamber for the tone you want to eliminate? There is an algorithm that took a long time for me to develop. And now, because of that, based upon engine RPM, where the drone exists, and engine displacement, I can create one of that. So there is a formula for it. But it's something that you have to create yourself. India's in the house. Tony gets fidgety. Good seeing you. Thank, thank you for the kind words indeed. Thoughts on the 19 Spider says Wade 4. It is the ultimate hybrid. I love that car. It's a car that I wouldn't mind acquiring and modifying. But what I don't like about a 918 is for service, the whole thing has to come apart. You guys may have seen one of my Tech Tuesdays at, at McKenna Porsche, one of our good partners in terms of Porsche dealerships. On a major service, the whole rear the whole car has come apart. It's crazy just to maintain, you know? Nerd says James, whatever Africa. <laughs> Hello, Akmal650. Good seeing you indeed. Argentina, courtesy of Valen Bustos. Welcome indeed. Thank you for joining us indeed. Benefits of center seat setup, says Philip Strayler. Balance. It is the most exciting experience I've ever had. It, honestly, every car should be a center seat. I wish I could do an electric. Ooh. Electric 911 center seat, that would be dope, wouldn't it? Kind of selfish because you can't take anyone for a ride in it, but on a, for a track car, it is so balanced. And what we've done, and Sam, hopefully you're still here because Sam was very instrumental to this, is the seat is fixed, especially in the mid-engine car. So you have the engine in the middle, right there, right? The seat is fixed, the steering, steering was telescope, and the pedals telescope as well, or could be moved forward and backwards. So whether someone like myself who's six foot tall or someone who's five two, the center of gravity stays still, the balance is there, but then the pedal and steering wheel moves forward. So in terms of driving enjoyment, there's nothing that's more balanced. Left to right is just amazing. It's like a go-kart on steroids. It's amazing. Especially when we put some power to it. Especially with something like the Hot Wheels one, which has a Hot Wheels mode button, which is a push to pass, which adds, I have two options here, and I know they're going to tell me to do the second option, but the first option adds 118 horsepower with a button. The second option adds 183 horsepower, which is... That may be too much. It may just break tires loose. <laughs> so I don't think that's a good idea. But um, what I have on my red one is just a 100 horsepower game. It's pretty cool, you know? What would you be the best build for someone starting at a young age? I would say young age means resources are limited. I wouldn't be opposed to starting with a Mazda Miata or a Porsche Boxster if you want something European. That would be a good build to start off with. And there's plenty of opportunity there, indeed, you know? Can I have your old wagon set up, says OG Scott 29 Now, if you mean the original D-Series, that's been long gone. That was at an old shop. Got rid of that maybe six years ago. Um, if you're talking about the wagon here, I'm swinging off for sale. Unless someone offers some ridiculous amount, then you have another one. Hello, Dealing Designs. Good seeing you, you know. Have you ever looked at the rocket used in the WRX exhaust of the Subaru? No, I have not. STI Builder, how are you? I hope you're staying safe up there 
in the Northwest, you know. I have a WRX, what could you do with it for $50,000? Quite a bit, a lot. Um, thoughts and speculations on the Mazda filing a patent on the all-wheel drive rotary engine hybrid? Well, my thoughts are from what I've heard internally, unless that has changed in the past few hours, is that Mazda is gonna use their engine as a range extender. So that being said, um, as excited as we may be that it may be a petrol engine that's hybrid, like what we have in the NSX, it looks like Mazda is taking a different route by having electric motors that mimic the feel of a petrol engine with a very lightweight and efficient and very low part count rotary Wankel engines, which are good in those generations, as a range extender. So I think it's pretty clever. Porsche Racer, you missed a ton. So much, so much that I'm doing this warning that I need to go off very soon because it's almost an hour, you know? Tony says uh, it's a it is 1.30 in the morning over there. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate you joining me. Wow, you're all the way in India in early, early morning. 3.50 in the morning with Boris. I wonder where you are, Boris. Boxster is made in Finland. You're right. Boxster and Cayman, right? Dope. Absolutely correct. Josh is saying, Josh Pranich? Hi, BC. Been following some of your builds, and now I'm really hooked since the 935 build. My hat's off to you as an engineering grad enthusiast. Love seeing people that will have fun with their time. Thank you so much. And I know it, it may seem really exciting. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I get a lot of slack when I do builds because I don't tend to follow the herd. So initially, what typically happens is that we get an opportunity where people are very upset, and then they're excited, and then they copy. So. Remember back in the day when we did the twin turbos hanging out the back and no one did it? People were like, why are you doing that? Oh, what the hell? Oh, that's weird. What is wrong with you? And now there's so many people copying it, right? I've seen it on Z's. I've seen other Porsche people doing it and claiming it's theirs and all this other craziness. Now we're doing this. And then once again, there are people who are excited. There are people who are not as excited. But very soon, people start copying it. And at least I'm here to do great things and I don't have to look at other life kids. How big are your EV batteries? Um, physically, I wish I had an example here about this size. Um, I would say it's about a little bit over 12 and a half inches by, I'm doing this for me, eight by seven. And the weight is about 38 pounds. And they're quite modular. And on one side, they're made by LG Chem. On one side, they have these aluminum plates on the side of them for heat sinks, for each cells, you know? Youngster, hey BC, I went 11 to my EV Model 3. Nice, but I had a bit of traction issue. I want to go 10, so what tires would you recommend for daily and track use? Those right there, R888, R's. They're amazing, and unlike the RR's that are on my EV, the RR's only have two groups, so they're barely DOT legal. So why is that great? It's great for adhesion. Why is it not great? Because when it rains, it can't channel water out properly. But that right there, you see the grooves there? It's, it's made for some good water channeling. So R888Rs, you will love it, you know? Do you tune the Lexus RCF? Not quite yet, but I should get one here very soon from Lexus and take a look, you know? Have you ever thought about a complete new builder from ground up from South Africa? Yes, I have. And in, that would be the ultimate destination for me and my company. Love the 935 is the Panama Porsche Club. Thank you so much. Hope you guys are safe over there. 
I am currently designing MR2, says Philip Strasser, with a custom rear end. I was thinking about making it center seat. Now, and I put the work to design that it can. Yes, you should. It's a lot of fun. The key thing is that as you remove sections of the hump to make center seat, bear in mind as you can do this in CAD, you can definitely put in as much information you can to see what stressors exist. You need to reinforce that, and you see in every center seat, I do tend to cage it. So Sam does a great job in putting the cage and tying all the points together so it can still have that structural integrity. Um, when you do remove sections of the center hump, it does significantly weaken the chassis. So make sure you do a lot of fair analysis and make sure that you do taking consideration of all the stressors that exist so that you don't have a car that is not safe. Okay, so you can do it, it'll be great, but it'll be fantastic. Any plans to add electric conversions to other portions of customers' cars? Yes, that is our plan. So this is a proof of concept. And with some of my partners that exist out there, um, we are going to continue to open up our facility to electric conversions. The very next one I have here is the Caterham right there in the corner. So that'll be the next electric conversion we'll have for a client. And after that, we have a couple of Porsches in line as well. So yes, and if you have interest, Get on, call in, give him the cue, and she'll have a good time, you know? That Cayman looks brutal. Please, a close-up. Okay, we'll do that. I'll go out and come in closer <laughs> to the Cayman, which is a lot of fun over there. It is the car that was a precursor to the center seats that exist right here. Hmm? How about a 1992 all-wheel drive hybrid? I would love to do that, H44 Tata, but I don't know if any... Prelude customers will be interested in doing that. Weight distribution on the EV is actually quite appealing. It's very, very close to 5545, I can say that. It weighs in at 2681 exactly. Your time to bros is Emmer SW1. Thank you so much. What's the latest on the center seat boxster? Well, Robert Glatt, here's what I'll do. Since my time is up here on Instagram, I'm gonna go out, come back in. Forgive me those of you on YouTube, so you won't be able to see this. But I'm gonna walk around to the Cayman, and then I'm gonna walk around the center seat and show you what's, what's new, you know? Um, did you get your, your shirt from the San Bernardino machine shop yet? Not yet. I have to take some components, engine components to them. When I go there, I'll be able to do that. So guys, thank you so much for joining me on this wonderful Tech Tuesday. You guys are fantastic from all around the world. I'm gonna leave right now, but I'll come back in. And as Panama, Porsche Panama asked me, I'm gonna go around the beautiful Cayman on there and then go around the uh, Hot Wheels energy. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. Cheers.